0: Good. In, in, good morning, everybody. This is Peter Matters. K Radio ninety seven three FM in the great state of Seattle. We got a good show for you today. We have our uh, longtime sponsor and good friends from Sea Town Electric Plumbing Heating and Air. It's a big, uh, big mouthful, but they do a lot over there, and they do it well. Um, they're continually growing. They provide all kinds of services. We've got a great show with two new uh, individuals from the company today. We're going to be talking about, because this is somewhat, can be a scary process, uh, but it doesn't have to be, uh, and it is required. Uh We're going to talk about the permitting process, especially for electrical-type jobs. And then we'll also talk with a fellow Aaron here about large rewiring, whole-home rewiring projects. And maybe some panel upgrades um so with that i'd like to introduce the two that are coming on the show here we have uh aaron olson who is in el cells and uh in an install text so how are you doing aaron hello hello thanks for having me yeah it's good to have you on I'm, I'm i'm glad you're here and then we also have becca swanson who is the permit team manager how are you doing becca Hi, i'm
1: doing good thanks
0: good awesome well it's good to have you too so we'll start, Aaron. We'll start with you um, over there. I know you have a really cool Islanders hat on. That's is awesome. <laughs> so thank you, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to maybe tell tell us a little about yourself. Like before Seatown, Town, where'd you come from? Have you been in the electrical industry for quite a long time? And what's your story?
2: I have had a, a long electrical career. <laughs> I've been to this now 22 years. Um, I started wow. two two days after high school uh, as an apprentice. Um, I was one of the youngest journeymen in the state when I carted at 20. Um, it's just been very, very good to me. Um, wow,
0: was that's awesome.
2: 11 Marines got electrocuted to death in the showers in 2008 in Afghanistan. Um, I was uh, asked to go over and, as a contractor for the Department of Defense to make sure no one else died inside the wire. So I was in Afghanistan for three years. Um, so that was a big part of my career and, and, and afterwards as well.
0: Yeah. that's very very cool i and so uh so you're already an old man already (laughs) well you haven't grade yet though that's good well so when did you join c-town then what how did that all happen
2: so uh the owner of of c-town brandon phillips and i worked for another company uh that wasn't treating their customers very well um he he left the company uh, to start his own and so about a year in um, a lot of us from that other company decided to Follow um, him and his dream. So um, okay. I believe
0: that was the fourth truck here. So. Wow! So you know Brandon, then you you guys I do. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, it was a good story. I had Brandon on a while ago. He talked all about his story and growing the company and things. It Was fascinating. Very very cool. Doing a lot of things right. And then we have Becca. So Becca, so what's your story? Well, how did you get into this whole HVAC industry? And before joining Seatown
1: Um it was. Pretty random. I When I started here, uh, I didn't even know what a heat pump was. I didn't know electrical panels existed. Uh, Brandon and Larissa really took a chance on me. And uh, yeah, beforehand, I had worked at a, a medical facility doing uh, front desk and billing. Um, so I have no, no experience with the trades at all. So wow. um, it's really opened my uh, perspective.
0: So how did okay? So how did you find Sea Town and decide to join them? Since you were from a totally different industry.
1: Yeah, my best friend's husband worked here, and he was hired on about two or three months beforehand. And he knew I was looking for a job, and he told me to to apply here.
0: That's very cool. You know, I've heard that story a lot from a lot of people that have come on the show here that are employees like, yeah, it was my buddy or my friend of mine or a family member or somebody. So that's a good way to find people though. That's that's great. So, well, so I, I guess I have to ask you then. So Becca, since you didn't know anything about the trades, you didn't come from the trades, how did you learn all of this stuff to to be versed to where you are today?
1: Uh, a lot of training and uh, asking people like Aaron a lot of questions, like, what what is a circuit? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I had to stuff, learn yeah. from the ground up. so.
0: And Aaron, you must have been pretty patient with her, I w- would imagine. Oh, Becca's the best. Um,
2: it's <laughs> oh, okay. one of those things that uh,
0: a lot of customers are, are really, really worried about past
2: work they've had in their house. Yeah. Um, they're, they're worried that if the state comes in, they're going to look at every single thing that their brother did or... And so it's very important for them to realize that the, the state only looks at what we, what we put on the permit. So that's why yeah. it's so yeah. important that we're diligent in that. And that's why Becca so great at what she does.
0: Yeah. Well, the, and that's good. Let's, so let's start there, Aaron, cause I just want to kind of go through and we'll talk to both of you guys about the permitting process. So, you know, just as a basic one-on-one, Aaron, what is the perp- purpose of a permit? And why should a homeowner have one? The short answer is, is liability
2: and insurance. Really, the thing that drives all of this work in almost every case is insurance. When um, these houses are only worth a hundred thousand dollars, really cared. So, um, having somebody pull a permit uh, on your on your house and get the work done and looked at, it keeps um, all the dots cra- crossed and the t's dotted.
0: Yeah. Post- well, and I, yeah, it is. It's a safety hazard and a fire hazard too, as well. I mean, if there's if it's done wrong, could actually burn a house down, which is not a good thing. <laughs> so. So when, but when you say insurance, what do you, what do you, when you're talking about insurance, what do you mean by that?
2: So most people have been either buying a house for the first time um, right. and they don't know they have knob and tube or they've lived in a house for a very long time. Um, and they know they have nob and tube, um, but they've been paying insurance um, that they're not being covered for that. If you're not spending $2,000 a month, you're usually not covered for knob and tube. So okay. what happens is unfortunately, as people, um, have a claim finally after they've been paying for it for, for 30 years, and then they're not covered and they find out the hard way.
0: Oh, yeah, that's not good. Well, that's good. So that really helps to by doing it by a, a licensed electrician in a company like Seatown where you don't have to worry about those kind of things then. 100%. That's good. Okay, so, so big. I've got to ask you because I, I know Seatown is, is getting bigger and bigger every day. So uh, how many active permits do you work on in any given month?
1: Uh, month by month, probably purchasing upwards of four or 500 permits.
0: Wow. And yeah. it's you and how many other people are doing? I've
1: got, I've got two other gals on my team. So,
0: okay. Just three of you and you work on four to 500 permits.
1: Yeah. Three of us. And we're looking for another one. So we're, okay. we're, we're pretty busy.
0: Okay. Well, big shout out guys. If you're listening out there and you want to, uh, join a great company, just go to SeatownServices.com and, uh, I'm sure that uh, you'll get to meet Becca and uh, she can talk with you. So, so Becca, what what are some of the services that require permits? Like, what are some of the things that have to be, be permitted?
1: Um, so, one that we see a lot is the electrical car chargers. When those get okay. installed, that needs to be permitted. Um, when you change out your electrical panel or upgrade it, that, of course, needs to be permitted. and um any rewiring any big rewire jobs will need it um for doing any hvac work that will also require permitting almost almost everything
0: okay is there uh, aaron is there are there anything that don't require permits where a homeowner can do it without a permit
2: a homeowner can do whatever they like um as as a as a company and at, at c uh we we permit 99.99999 percent of everything Okay. Um, this is a quick fix, replace a, replace something uh, on site. Um, sometimes that doesn't warrant it if everything else looks absolutely perfect. Um, but 99.9999% a permit on every single okay. project.
0: And that's usually when you're altering or adding or any kind of wiring or anything like that, right? That's a permitted thing. Absolutely. Okay. And then um, now you have, so we have, there's federal state and then there's local jurisdiction, Becca. So what, I mean, as far as that goes, how do you handle from jurisdiction to jurisdiction? Because I know some of the permit requirements are different. Um, so do you have an example of like maybe one jurisdiction doesn't require a permit but another one does?
1: Um, No, I think they're pretty similar across the board okay. yeah, they all have their own municipal codes and stuff like that, but they all have to follow the National Electrical Code. Okay. So we all kind of follow the same rules.
0: Okay. And now did you have to bone up on the NEC? Uh I'm still
1: working on it, but I'm definitely uh gotten better. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's a that's a big damn book. It <laughs> is. There's a lot to it. Well, you know, and that, that's why I will say a big shout out to, you know, all the electricians, apprentice, journeymen, like you Aaron. I mean, it's a it's a great career to have and it's something that I wish more Men and women would go into, cause, um, it's, it's, it's highly, highly needed in this country. Um, you know, it's nice. I'm not, you know, bashing for your universities, but boy, oh boy, going in the trades is something where you can work your way up and it's a great career. And obviously you're an example of that, Aaron. You've been in it for, you know, so many years like this, which is good. It's great growth potential. All right. Um, <clears throat> so the next thing I, ha- um, I wanted to ask, I guess, Aaron, is, so you got these permit requirements. Why should a company like C-Town handle the permits for a customer? Because customers say, well, I'll go get my own permits. But why is it easier or better for for C-Town to handle it? Well,
2: with the the permitting process, um, a customer is allowed to pull a permit and do the work on their their own home. Um, The problem with that is that it kind of opens up a lot of a lot of doors for inspectors to then look at other things in the house that may look like the same kind of craftsmanship. Um when an electrician um does work on a panel or does work on a circuit, um it's it's pretty clear to know that that they've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot easier on the permitting side to say, "Hey, we had an outlet to this bathroom for this this purpose." Um and then have the inspector look at it. So, um a lot of people think that maybe they, they can save a little bit of money by pulling the permit. But at that point, they're not really using C town. Um, they're, they're having an uncle or a cousin right. come from out of state and help them. So, um, so every time that we go out to a house to, to give them a quote for something, we're including the permit so that they know that this process is legit. Um, they're going to get a piece of paper saying that everything is done correctly. They get to put it into their files and if they ever need it later, um, they yeah. have it.
0: And they have the paperwork record. You know, that's so important. You know, the way I look at it is it's, uh, I have a CPA and I use my CPA for taxes. And when you turn in a tax uh, return from a CPA, typically the IRS looks at that and go, yep, they're professional, we're not gonna audit. It's the same thing when you have all of the, you have an ele- electrical company like yourself doing that. So we come back, we're gonna continue our discussion about permits. I got a few more questions there. and uh, We'll move our way in the third and fourth segment towards whole home rewiring. With that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters. Car Radio 97.3 FM. 8 Roofing. All right. We're back. This is Pete with Home Matters. Car Radio 97.3 FM. So, guys, um, I hope you grabbed your... We always do it every week. Uh, grab your pad and paper. Um, a lot of you have heard Town before. You know the name. You see their trucks all over town. They got the cool little... Uh, looks like a Jetson guy on their truck. I love it. Um, but... You know, when you're getting into electrical work, uh, Aaron is 100% correct. You know, this is a safety hazard, a fire hazard. It, might, You know, it, you really should have it done by a licensed electrician for all the reasons that both Becca and Aaron said. You get, the, you get it permitted. You get the work done, good quality work. There's a documentation record and things like that. So if there's something you need to have done in your home, whether it's, you know, addition of circuits, it's lighting, it's rewiring, panel upgrades, whole home wiring, uh, C Town can take care of that for you. No problem. It's really almost like the easy button. <laughs> so you want to go to uh, ctownservices.com or you can give them a call at 360 C Town. But I'd go, you go up to C Services, they also have, um, you guys have a a, a place to to uh, schedule an appointment and things up there, don't you? On your website, Becca, is that? Yeah, we do. Okay, make it really easy. And I do want to I do want to point out um, they have added to on their website the a photo gallery. So if you go to the homepage, you'll find a button there for a photo gallery, and they have a bunch of pictures of work that they've done. So you can actually see the quality of work that they do, um, and get educated on that as well. Okay, so let's go back to our conversation here. Um, uh I want to ask Becca, let's start with you because I want to talk about, okay, so you, you handle 4 to 500 permits a month with only three people. that's a that's a heavy load. So <laughs> um, what is can you walk us through kind of the process? I know you know in most states they have portals now and you you know, you 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 enter all the information to the portal. So how can you walk us through the step by step process for like how do you get a permit or how do you submit for a permit?
1: Yeah, sure. So most, like you said, most uh, cities or jurisdictions will have an online portal um, and we have our contractor login that has all our information pre-uploaded, so it makes it pretty easy to grab. Uh, We just take a look at the scope of work, whatever uh, the customer is having done at their home, and we'll include exactly what's getting done on there. We'll put notes in for specific locations or uh, device count, you know, like if you're getting six lights installed in your kitchen, that's exactly what we'll say. Okay. Um, so most permits are issued same day. Uh, some take a little longer, but um, otherwise we'll just, uh, we print it out so it's on site or we'll email it to the homeowner, upload it to our sales guys and our installers can see it as well. Okay.
0: Okay, and pretty much, I mean, it's a thing of the past. Used to be, they used to do over-the-counter permits and things you go in, but they don't really do that anymore, do they?
1: There's a couple still hanging on to that process. All jurisdictions, uh, yeah. Some <laughs> smaller cities, yeah. I'm hoping they move towards the portals, but yeah. I'm not uh, holding my breath. So. The
0: part. So, I want to back up one step, though. So, Aaron, how does so? Just to go from the time of the phone call and then the customer says, hey, I'm thinking about doing this or I have this issue. Is that where you go out in in sales and take a look at it? Uh, Or how does all that happen before it gets to the permit entry?
2: Yeah, so the the office staff here, which is absolutely amazing, um, they have a a vetting process that kind of diverts calls um, based off of time and and what the scope is. Okay. Um, the, The estimators here at at C-Town for either, any of the trades, Um, they get the calls that are, they're gonna be the bigger rewire jobs, the panel changes, the the car chargers on panels that are too small. Um, But we have service decks to go around to do hanging lights and to change out outlets and and those smaller type uh, options um, that we also do.
0: But you, you, Aaron, you're going out for more of the larger type jobs, right? And doing the estimating on those. Okay, so you're estimating and then how do you interact with somebody like Becca to feed the information and say, okay, we need to get this type of permit. We have to have this information. How, how does that all happen?
2: It is pretty cookie cutter, actually. Uh, we have a system um, that we have in place that I fill out what's called a sales form um, if I do it on time for Becca. Um okay. We uh, put in how many outlets, how many switches, how many lights, um, what the amperage of the panel is. Literally every single question that could ever be asked on a permit, um, we answer um, before she even sees it. And if there's anything outstanding or anything weird, um, then she'll contact us directly.
0: Okay. So you're saying pretty much 99% or more of the jobs are pretty standard cookie cutter jobs, and you have the form to fill out to, to send into the permit team then?
2: Yeah, the form is cookie cutter. Every single job is different. Uh, it just encompasses every single thing we've ever come across in in my 22 years, or yeah. the eight years that we've been in, in business.
0: Yeah, just uh, just because uh, I know you work on larger projects, like uh, how many do you do in a given year? I mean, as far as in the in the larger electrical projects for C-10. Uh
2: in estimating, um, yeah, I, an I see between four and six uh,
0: customers a day. Um, okay, wow, you're yeah, doing a lot yeah. of driving.
2: We uh, we drive a lot here as a
0: yeah yeah and then wait, so you're doing four to six and you're driving what how far do you drive what, from what county to what county?
2: So I recently moved
0: up to Everett from Tacoma.
2: Um, I lived in Tacoma my my whole life and was was commuting a lot um so yeah. most of our most of our um, customers are in the Kingston owners county okay um we do uh, service Pierce county as well so um, right. it, it really just wherever wherever needed so
0: do you still head down to Pierce county I do I do okay, awesome that's very cool. Yeah, well, I'm I'm up from the Lake Stevens area, so very close to probably where you where you live. So very cool. Yeah. All right. Um, so you're putting in the you're putting in the the information that's provided by Aaron then into the the portal, and you said Becca that typically within a day, they they issue a permit number. Yeah,
1: yeah. It depends on the scope of work and the size of the project. If it's uh, if it's like a service upgrade and they're converting to underground service or something more complicated, it might take a little longer, but okay. most, most permits are issued instantly.
0: Okay. And then uh, what happens next? And what, after you get the permission, permit issued, then how, how, what's the transfer information to the electricians and how does that all happen?
1: Yeah, so we upload the permit to their job, so they can see it on their iPad, so they know exactly what's included. Um, okay. And then we also provide that to the customer, um, and just have it for everybody's records. Yeah. Um, the county can see it. Inspectors can pull it up on their iPads or tablets or whatever they use. Okay. So,
0: okay, got it. And then, Aaron, do you, do do the electricians that work to do the installs? Like you have, you know, you do installs as well. Do you guys have to post a permit like they used to on the job site? Is that still required?
2: Uh, in almost every jurisdiction, we still do. Um, okay. They also leave stickers that have notes on them. They um, leave torque specs on panels. There's way more things that we have to do uh, these days than night than when I was in the field.
0: Um, but there's, right. there's, Yeah, I know it's gotten a lot more stringent it all, across all the trades. It's just the way it is. So, and you know, some of it is, the jurisdictions learn as they go and they go, Well, I guess we gotta improve that or we gotta make that better. So it, it makes a lot of sense. So now one thing before we go though, Becca, is who who communicates all of this stuff? Because you're doing all this behind the scenes, both you and Aaron, and then how's this communicated on a regular basis to the to the homeowner? Um so the homeowner gets a copy of their
1: permit. Um, and then they, I mean, they know the scope of work, right? So they right. know what's going on in their home. Um, and we make sure, we also do the inspection scheduling. So if uh, if a rewire does need a cover inspection, we'll schedule that here in the office. Um, and then once a project is completed, we'll schedule, we'll coordinate with the customer and uh, schedule their final inspection, make sure either they're going to be home or we'll be there to walk the inspector through um, so, we're really there the whole time.
0: Okay. So, but you get, you must get notified through the portal of when the inspector is going to go out. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's actually quite the process these days. Uh, we spend probably the first hour or two of our day coordinating inspections with inspectors, okay. uh, calling. Are calling you actually calling and
0: talking to the inspectors? Do you do, yeah. You
1: do that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because so I know those call, guys are
0: running just like Aaron. They're all over the place every day. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah they route their day, and then usually they are they have their um, plan on where they're going to go. And, like, ETA is around 738, and then we uh, communicate that to the customer. And
0: then do you yeah. call the homeowner to let them know? Is that is that how you do
1: it? Yeah, that? we usually send them a text or uh, email and voice call if we need to. Okay.
0: Got it. All right, we'll continue our discussion. You guys just make it really easy. If you want to get any kind of electrical work done based on you know our discussion here today and have all this stuff handled behind the scenes for you so it's easy, it gets done, it's documented, you have documents, everything's handled for you, go to seatownservices.com or give them a call at 360 Seatown. That's that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters Car Radio 97.3 FM. All right. We're back. This is Pete with all matters, car radio 97 3 FM in the great state of um, Seattle. We're having a great show here with C Town Electric Plumbing, Heating and Air. These guys, I'll tell you what, uh, as you guys know, uh, we, we're in our 15th year, I think going into our 16th year in the end of summer. And, uh, I only guys, as you know, over the years, I'm your consumer advocate. I only have best of breed companies on here and you know, the whole idea of this show, I mean, it's an honor of my father cause we, you know, I grew up building houses with him, but you know, the thing about it is I want to make sure that when you listen to this show, you get educated about different things, like what we're talking about with permitting. Cause I know that's something that people always wonder about, like, should I get this permit? Should I not get it permitted? They're a little scary. You're working with jurisdictions. And unless you know the national electric code, which, um, I don't even remember all the National Electric Code. I think it's better just to have a company like C Town, you know, take care of that. So um before we before we move forward, Aaron, one thing that popped in my head again, I want to ask you, because you did cover the insurance thing, but I also want to ask about um the the aspect of when uh when a homeowner uh is reselling their home, uh why are permits important to have?
2: Um, so uh, a permit is it's a history of the house, basically. Um, you can have 100 permits um, on a 100-year-old house, but if you had 100 jobs and none of them were permitted, nobody knows that anybody's been held accountable. And so when houses change hands, the biggest thing is that uh, it's really hard to, to change hands on a house with a permit that's not been closed. So if you, if you hire a company that necessarily didn't finish the work or ghosted you or decided to go work for somebody else, um, that permit is open. It's really, really, really hard to, to sell your house with those permits opened. And that's yep. why we close every single permit, no matter what the scenario is.
0: Okay. No, that's good. That's important. And, I, you know, Aaron, I look at it, too, is it's important for the seller to have the permit documentation uh, path. But it's important for the buyer because the buyer can go look at that permit package and go, okay, what work was done in here? Am I walking in, if it's an older home, am I walking into a home rewire two or three years from now or has that already been done, right? So that's a nice because it comes from not only a company like yours, but it also comes from the, the jurisdiction, um, which I think is important for both seller and buyer. So thanks for answering that. I appreciate it. So we're going to wrap up the permit uh, section here. So, Becca, I you know I always ask people because if you're doing four to five hundred permits um, a month, that's what is about five to six thousand a year. So, I, I want to ask you: Do you have a story that stands out in your mind about what, a particular permit or permit process and kind of how you handled it? Yeah,
1: I think one that has stood out, or you know, this situation has happened a couple times in my. A few years here at Sea Town is uh, like a big windstorm comes in, right? We get those quite yeah. often, you know. Yeah, usually, the blowers here. Yep. Usually in the fall or sometimes in the winter, um, and trees go down, they rip down a service, or you know. I think just this last November we had a big windstorm, yep. and we we're able to go out same day, like say, okay, yeah, we can fix this. Uh, we grabbed a permit for it. We called their utility company, let them know what was going on, and this is like the worst day for a homeowner, right? If this happened to me, they're probably
0: stressed to the max. I'd be so stressed,
1: yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) it's so nice to be able to be somebody who can step in and say, "Yeah, we got this. Don't worry about it. Like you take care of what you need to do, and we'll take care of this." Um, And you know, they had power before they went to bed, and I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So basically and something like that. I'm sure you guys handle that all the time you do with these, but you you just make it easy for the customer. Like I was talking about before, you you know, something that's a very stressful situation, you handle it, you get it done. And that you said that night they had power again, which is really yeah. cool. That's awesome. Well, you know, I know how important that is. I, uh, I used to live out in Whidbey Island out outside of Langley and I had a Toyota truck. I, I worked for fluke electronics. I took the ferry every day. And uh, in the wintertime, when you, you know, you get the rains and the blow like that, uh, I'd have to carry a chainsaw on my truck. And the first year I was there, I learned my lesson. And we talked about, you know, as the other thing, going into winter, uh, it's a good time to get generators. I did not have one that first winter, and our power was out for like a week. And I was like, never again. So <laughs> we've had a, a previous show with Seatown, uh, you know, with generations, things like that. Um, it's important, you know, especially if you live in rural areas like that. Um, you You got to be prepared, so... That's a good thing. All right. Well, thank you guys for talking about the permit process. I really appreciate it. Um, We're going to move over now to Aaron. I want to start with um, whole home rewiring um, and kind of what is that uh, and and what do you do there? What is a whole home rewire? So when somebody calls me out uh, to their
2: home to give them a quote for a whole home rewire, um, there's usually two driving factors, uh, one of which is insulation in the attic, um insulators don't like putting um uh, insulation around knob and tube. it's actually illegal. right um the second one is insurance uh, they have a new beautiful home they spent a lot of money on and they're not able to insure it with the knob and tube man. so um in the 22 years that i've been doing this um we know in this market here in seattle that uh, houses have changed hands quite a bit um if you bought a house right. this month it's probably it's probably been owned by 10 people in the last 10 years um so um people do a lot of little small things to to help with equity, Um, the first thing they do is touch the kitchen and the bathrooms. Those are the best selling points. Um, They're also needed for necessity because we use a lot of power in those areas. So there's not a whole lot of houses that need a a whole, 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 whole home rewire. Um, It's it's something that we need to look at and figure out while I'm on site exactly what's been touched, if the craftsmanship is good on the stuff that has been touched and whether or not we just need to start all the way from scratch or if we can utilize some of the, the existing projects
0: okay and you know because i know with the history i looked actually i was kind of because i geek out on this kind of stuff i was looking at the history of house wiring and uh knob and tube goes way the hell back to the 1800s and 1910 1920s before greenfield came in do you see many knob and tubes still in the seattle area
2: i see it every single day and really the thing that I, that I try to talk to with customers about when uh, when i get to their home is the three generations of wiring um, which is the dava tube, the ungrounded Romex, and the grounded Romex. So, okay. diamond tube um, goes from 1900 to about 1952. So, people okay. know that if their house was built in that time, then there's a good chance they still have a little bit of Dama tube in there. Okay. Um, the second generation is ungrounded Romex that goes from 1952 to 1961. Um, I'm sorry, 1971. Um, it wasn't until 1971 we realized. We so
0: they didn't they didn't that. have a ground wire up until 1971 sorry. in the in the wire yeah. jacket. They did have a ground at some point, um, but it was so yeah. small that it didn't actually carry the current
2: back to the breaker to trip it. Okay. So um, by 1971, we realized that we needed a full-size ground uh, to carry the current back to the breaker to trip it. Right. Um, so everything after 1971, whether they used the ground or not, at least it's there.
0: Right. And that's when they changed, too. And it wasn't in 71 they changed to the PVC jacket, where it's a lot more durable uh, on the wire.
2: Yeah, they've had uh they've got a few different kinds of, of jackets over the over the course. Um the second generation yeah. has that snakeskin uh kind of cloth. Yeah,
0: of it's stuff. a fabric cloth, thats what yeah. they had there. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they so, had some kind of a rubberized fabric too for a while, didn't they? Back in the, yeah, back in the towards the in the end of the the sixties and into the seventies is when they yeah. were really trying to, to hone that thing in. Yeah. Okay, so are you? So when you go out, I I guess the question I have is how? How do you determine? So you're walking into this home, you've never been there before, and how do you determine? Like, because if you're doing four to six appointments a day, you have to be on the move, right? Otherwise, you'd be out there for twenty of the twenty-four hours a day. So how do you? How do you assess? You know, fairly quickly. Like, okay, this is what this house has here's what's been done, here's what needs to get done, or maybe what's been fixed that hasn't been done correctly. How do you go through that process?
2: Uh, The process, for me, um, I've learned a lot in in the 22 years that I've been doing this. But basically, when the house was built and it it was a fuse box, um, there's usually only four or six circuits in that fuse box. So when the house was built before 1952, um, you have a fuse box with four to six circuits in it. Those Again. circuits powered every single light, every single plug in that whole house other than the dryer and the range.
0: So those They're circuits all, are taking a lot of load then. Those a lot of stuff. load, a lot yeah. of load. And what we need yeah. to figure out is
2: not necessarily going switch by switch, outlet by outlet to try and look inside to see if there's an tube in them. We need to to find the circuit in the panel or where it's getting power, turn it off to make sure that nothing else is being tied onto the Amman tube. Because what we find is that up in uh, attics and, and uh, upstairs, there's, there's new circuitry people have turned or converted attics into living spaces or basements into living spaces and not necessarily brought new circuits but then tied onto the knob and tube so it's very important that we find those four to six circuits or what's left of them um, to de-energize them and then give a person a quote based off of what's been tied on to it not exactly what we see
0: okay and okay and why why is it important to de-energize those four to six circuits because it will show us um, everything
2: that's been um, added onto it or. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you're doing
0: your wire to wire testing, that, that, so you did energize it, then you know kind of what the, what the new circuits that have been added. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yep. So basically if I open a, the best scenario is I show up to a house, we go down to the panel, we open a panel up and we see four circuits in there that are cloth knob and tube. Yeah. Super easy. We just turn off those four circuits, leave everything else on, and then walk through the house and see what's not working. Okay. Um, a lot of times in the last 20 years, people have gotten very, very good at uh, making it look like there's not an and tube in the house. So they'll get a junction right above the panel and put brand new wire into panel to sh- trick inspectors into thinking that there's not ah, knob and okay. tube. Uh, okay. So we've gotten really, really good at, at doing those kind of things. So if we don't see an yeah. and tube in the house, um, then we have to do a little bit more um, detective work.
0: Yeah, and typically when when a customer calls, because you have these four to six circuits, are they calling because they're breakers? Because, I mean, with all the new electronics and appliances, you got one heck of a load you're putting on that system. Are, is there circuit breakers typically popping all the time, or is there scorching? or What, what do you see out there?
2: So usually, like I said, uh, the two driving forces for, for me to go out to a house, um, if, uh, if a service tech is going out there replacing an outlet that looks like it's burnt, um, and they find knob and tube, that's one thing. Okay. Usually by the time it gets to me and the other four estimators that do electrical here, um, there is a driving force either they've already had a problem one of our techs have already been out. Um, they need insulation upstairs and the insulators said that we cannot put insulation up there um, or they have an insurance problem.
0: Got it. Okay we come back. We're going to continue our discussion with Aaron Olson and Becca Swanson about uh, some of these larger projects. Uh, continue our discussion with whole home rewiring. If you want to you know find out the previous shows, uh, that we've had with Seatown. Just go out to their website at ctownservices.com, Click on the More menu button at the top, and down there it says Podcast. And you can get educated on a whole bunch of different things that Seatown Electric Plumbing, Heating, and Air does. With that, I'm Pete. This is All Matters. Guy Radio 973 FM. All right, we're back. This is Pete with Home Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM. We're having a great discussion. Good folks, Aaron Olson and Becca Swanson over at Seatown Electric Plumbing, Heating, and Air. And uh, don't forget, you know anything uh, electrical, I mean, they do it all. They do plumbing, heating, air conditioning, heat pumps. We've talked about that. If you go to their website again, click on the More menu and go down to Podcast. We have several shows we've done. Uh, over the last few years uh since they've been with us on the show here. Uh If you want, this will be loaded up there as well, too. It talks all about the permitting process, and now we're in discussion about some of the larger projects. We're going to finish up whole home rewiring, and then uh, I'm going to talk to Aaron, too, about uh, other load devices like car chargers, upgrading electrical panels, things like that. Because, you know, it's just one of these things. And as you guys know, Um, in Washington state, uh, as of November 4th, I think 2022, a lot of the gas type appliances, uh, have now been non-issued. So we're moving more and more to electric. And so that's something too, you have to consider. Uh, and that's why I want to talk about panel upgrades too, because there's, you know, there's just more electrical demand that's coming into the home. Um, okay. Aaron, I I want to continue our discussion here about, um, the whole home we're wiring. So, one of the things that we didn't cover in the last segment, because you know, knob and tube is something that you said is out there pretty prevalent. Can you talk about like, w- really, what is knob and tube, and why does it need to be replaced?
2: Yeah. The, the short answer is is knob and tube it is meant to get hot. Um, it was a wiring method that we used uh, that are a lot like the power lines outside, where you have you know hundreds of thousands of volts going through a very small wire. Uh, right it's using ambient air to cool it um so same thing with knob and tube is that the reason why they use the knobs and the tubes um is to keep um, the hot wires going through combustible materials basically so it's the wiring method that is the problem not necessarily the wires um if anybody's seen knob and tube up close um basically what it is is just a piece of solder holding two pieces of wire together and then and then taped um it's not not the best scenario for a whole there's company.
0: no and there's really no jacket on it, just so to speak. Is there no,
2: there's not. So, any break yeah. if someone were to, to bump into it or stand on it or a rodent were to get to it, um, there's really no protection at all on the knob, yeah. Up there.
0: yeah. And and when you say the the uh the knobs, really, those are porcelain insulators. They put those through this, this, I guess, the framing timbers, right? Not necessarily studs back in the day, correct? That was just correct. to insulate it from the the hot wire getting against that wood correct so what so what how, how does these things now you said it's solder and tape when it heats up how does it break down then and and how does that cause a problem
2: so the misconception a lot is a noval tube just bursts into flames and that's not necessarily the case um yeah okay. tube is good for uh, around 500 watts under perfect conditions um that's lamps that's clock radios
0: that's um, oh, not a lot headlighting, <laughs> and, um,
2: things that things that we're plugging in every day that are that are over that threshold or Vacuum cleaners, blow dryers, hair straighteners, heaters, yeah. air conditioners, all these things are 1500 watts, which is yeah. three times what that that solder point was supposed to hold. So what happens is that when you're vacuuming for 15 minutes or, you know, blow drying your hair, um, that solder is heating up enough to then break apart. And when it breaks apart, but still being held together by tape, it's trying to make a connection, It starts to arc. That's when we start to get the F and the B word that we don't like to see.
0: Okay. And there are causes. It can cause the fires, really, is whats what is we're what talking about, right? So that's that's the real safety hazard. Okay. So, um, Beck, I want to ask you before I jump back over to Aaron. So with something like this where you have a larger whole home project, like a whole home rewire, um, is that run the same way? I mean, I know you put it in the portal, but are you, are you really getting a permit in the same day? And do you run the process the same with some of these larger projects? Or does the jurisdiction run it the same way?
1: Um, Yeah, it's mostly the same. It's a little bit more in depth with uh, whole home rewire, especially in certain jurisdictions, they require you to list out all your device counts. So every light, every switch, every exhaust fan, you know, we list it all out. We list what rooms we're working in, if it's just a partial rewire. Um, We include, you know, if we're also doing a service, stuff like that, um, just so the inspectors know exactly what to look at and exactly what we're touching
0: okay and that's all fed by somebody like aaron when he does his sales call then he provides all that information to you to put that in the portal yep and
1: that is also usually included on the bid too so a lot of times i'll look at exactly what the homeowners are looking at and i can see exactly what we're doing and i put that on the permit
0: got it okay thank you i appreciate that aaron so the question i i bet a lot of people have because i would um you know this is not a, a small investment it's a pretty good size investment to do a whole home rewire can I do it in phases can I do like hey the bathrooms bad I gotta do that now and then I'll do the kitchen then maybe the living room later on or does it have to be really done all at once
2: if you are okay with having parts of your house not working uh, while you're doing this um, there are some cases where people are not living in houses or they're living in a basement while they remodel the top floor um, those are cases where you can do it in phases um, okay. Basically an oven tube uh, shares a common wire uh, between circuits called a neutral. And okay. even though you turn off one breaker and it turns off one light in one room and a plug in another room, um, the real answer is that it's actually touching three other circuits. So as soon as you alter that circuit, uh, the potential for losing things all over the house and then trying to fix them and bending them um, okay. it becomes higher and higher um, with every circuit you touch.
0: So it's really just, it's, it's kind of a cascading effect. If you try to do it in phase, it just cascades to somewhere else and you have a problem in another room, different parts of the house, right?
2: And then you're trying at the eight o'clock at night, trying to figure out how to get your refrigerator working
0: when you didn't even know that was part of the stove. Yeah, which so, would be a big pain. Yeah. Big <laughs> pain. So I guess the F and B word would pop up there too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, one thing I wanted to mention too, guys, um, if this is something, you know, if you're living in an older home and uh, you need these guys to come out and take a look at this and you are, you know, you're looking at something like doing a whole home rewire from a knob and tube C town does have financing. You can go up to their website at ctownservices.com and there's a, a menu item up there for financing. And the friendly folks, you can give them a call too at 360 3 C town. They'll, you know, they'll talk you through all this. They have different financing programs. You know, just another way to, to make it easy for you as well. Okay. Um, so last thing on whole home rewiring I guess I want to ask Aaron is so what are the customers what do they have to do to prepare because you're probably opening up a lot of walls and things like that so uh, how long do these these rewires take and is there anything the customer has to do to get you know, get it ready for you guys
2: um, it's, it's rare that a, a, a novelty rewire uh, takes more than 10 days um, sometimes okay. we, we can get them into where they're a month long but usually the standard is about 5 to 7 days um, okay. We're showing up at eight. We're at here by four. Everything that we we turn off during the day will be back on. Uh, they'll, they'll never be without anything essential um, overnight. Um, you can live in the house. You can work in the house um, as okay. long as um, you're okay with someone uh, sawzaring and and hammering. Um, we've made it to where we can bring generators uh, hook up to routers so that you can work from home as well. We've been doing that for a few years now, uh, just out of necessity, but we've kept yeah. every every truck has a, a generator on it now. So. Uh, keeping people busy um, while we're working, we're we're really there for them. Um, so, moving precious family um, artifacts is one thing, um, but we can we can usually get through the project pretty well with uh, okay without having enough customers hands on it.
0: And then, do you guys take care of like if you're opening up the walls? Do you have people that come in and take care of that stuff for the customer too? With
2: well, a company our size, um, using subcontractors could be a slippery slope. Um, so okay. we use we use one contractor um, to do um all of our um, our all the button up yeah Yeah, all the button up Uh, he gives you a quote separately but uh, everybody loves him to death Um, he does plaster he can match paints um again he's just another tool that c-town has in the back pocket
0: awesome well again make it easy that's good one one last thing i want to talk because i know we're running out of time here and there's a lot more i'd love to, to discuss with both you and becca but um when is it, you know, because now we you were talking a few minutes ago about all of the new, you know, new tech, new appliances, all the load that is coming into a house. When is it time or how when should a customer consider a panel upgrade? So um, people that
2: have, have lived a long time they uh, know that in the 70s, um, they, we didn't really have a lot of natural gas and everybody was going to electric. Um, yeah. Everybody was getting 200 and 400 app services on their houses left and right. Um, then we brought in the natural gas, and then they started really dumbing down uh, the services to give you 125 amps with a range and with a hot water heater. Uh, some of the bigger loads in the house um, that were going to be on gas, not electric.
0: Guys, we've run out of time, but man, oh man, this was a great show. I really appreciate having you on. Aaron, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Becca, thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: That's awesome. With that, uh, check them out, ctownservices.com, or go give them a call at 360-CTOWN for all your electrical, plumbing, heating, and air needs. With that, on Pete. This is Home Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM.